Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. everyone and welcome to episode 442 of Longbox Heroes. This is Joe. Todd, Todd, how are we doing this evening? Pretty good, but I'm a bit thrown because I start the uh, even number shows. Oh, you were supposed to start this? Yes. Did we flip this so that you could do your gimmick next week on purpose? Oh, I was just going to steal that one tease. Ah, we'll, we'll flip it. We'll mess things up for the rest of the rest of our lives. Oh, that's going to throw me off. But okay, we can do that. All right. Well, you'll remember because you want to do your, your joke. Right, but then then I like being the even number, so I remember. But we could do that. We're fine. All right. Well, we're, I'm a little thrown off because I was just taking my pills. I'm a little sick. Uh, the illness that was in the house has finally caught up to me. Asa gave you the, 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 the germs. <laughs> he licked my earbuds. Oh, so I can really get jokes on him. They're filthy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, you don't want none of that, you know, earwax or anything. Oh, get might get impacted. There are so many disgusting things in my life that I choose not to share with the world. It's not because of fear of being judged. But it's because I do it for you, whether you listen to this show or you follow me on some sort of form of social media or you, you're the, the small handful of people that see me in public. There's a lot of horrific things going on on my person at all times, and I don't share them. You should see the inside of my shower. There you go. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Oh, boy. Anyway, we have a ton of news to discuss, a bunch of things that shook out from uh, Emerald City Comic Con this past weekend, uh, crossover that was teased for some time, uh, Donnie Cates, uh, one of our new favorite writers, taking on yet another big property over at Marvel uh, for a miniseries, we'll talk a little bit more about that, and uh, pun intended, like clockwork, some regular news uh, going on there, and... Uh, in movie news, maybe the best movie news of all time, <laughs> followed by maybe the worst movie news of all time, depending on who you are. Let me get my heart pills. Hold on. Okay. Uh, conventions this weekend, digital sales and freebies, of course. Uh, what we read last week uh, include includes assassination, an assassination number one, a little difficult to say, and Wonder Twins number two, what we're looking forward to coming out this week, and of course, discussion of the most recent episode of The Flash. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's get into some of the stuff that shook out from this past week. One being the official announcement that Jeff Lemire uh, and... Uh, uh, artist Michael Walsh are going to be doing a Black Hammer Justice League crossover. Uh, I think this was something, it was a very, I, I would say this was probably one of the more poorly kept secrets going on. <laughs> uh, I think we knew about this maybe like over last summer, which is a good thing because that means we probably won't have to worry about it being late. Not that Black Hammer was late by any stretch of the imagination, but a lot of times when a big event type thing happens, sometimes invariably they're late. Mm-hmm. 
but the pitch for this is uh, the world of Black Hammer, which is kind of like a Justice League JSA sort of mashup. Uh, a little bit of Justice League, a little bit of JSA, a little bit of Astro City, a little bit of other stuff in there as well. Uh, there's a Starro invasion in that universe, and the Justice League show up because, of course, it's Starro. And I'm excited because I really like Black Hammer. I'm a little bit behind on it just because the the shipping schedule, but it's not like the shipping schedule is weird, but it's like a bunch of miniseries as it is. Mm-hmm. And there's like the ongoing main book, and then there'll be like a random one shot that's going on during the main book, and then they'll like start renumbering stuff. Like I have everything in the reading order in which it was released, but sometimes I get a little uh, discombobulated with the different slight name changes in the book. Yeah, and if you ever drop those books like on the floor, luckily you have your copious notes to go back over. I do, I do. So. That's that, that throws me off because if I ever went back and decided to read a Black Hammer, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Like you said, because of the way it's uh, it's you know mishmashed and number ones and mini series like that. I tried Black Hammer, I enjoyed it, but once again, it was one of those things that just didn't quite make the list of a, like when I had a billion books. So I'll have to go back and give that a try. Uh, are you reading any of the Justice League books? No. Okay. And. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just saying, I'm not a, I'm not reading Justice League either. I'm just wondering what iteration of the Justice League it'll be. Like, if it'll be modern or... Well, you know, it looks like you got your... You know, I, I would assume it's going to be at least the big five-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your Superman, your Batman, your Wonder Woman, you got a Green Lantern, you got a Flash, maybe one or two other folks. Right. Um, and again, I just want to kind of throw this in there as well. Of course, you mentioned about Black Hammer. We'd actually gotten an email last week that I meant to cover on the show, and I'll just throw it in here. Uh, only because one of our listeners, Justin Hunt, sent us an email. Thank you very much, Justin. Uh, asking about, asking us about the Robert Venditti Hawkman book. And I know this is a book that, Todd, you're still getting. Is that correct? Yes, I am. Right. But this was a book that I was hanging in there with. And it was one of those books that just kind of kept falling to the bottom of the read pile. It wasn't like a priority read. What I read of it, I really enjoyed because I really like, you know, Venditti's stuff. But sometimes Hawkman is just a tough pill to swallow. Yes, Hawkman. I'm enjoying Hawkman, but very like, and Venditti's doing a fantastic job with it. But just how, like the whole reincarnation and how many versions of of Carter there have been, it's 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 daunting at times. And he does a good job, and I like some of the twists and turns that he added, Venditti added, but. And it does look beautiful. Brian Hitch meeting a monthly deadline blows my mind, first of all. Um, but I, I just, it's never the tip top of my books, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It's, it's like a very good, solid, fun book that I, that I really like, but it's nothing that I go out of my way to be like, this is the first book I read, but it's not like the last book I read either. So it's, it's kind of, Kind of middle of the road to right. above average. Sometimes. Now, I know um, th- maybe two issues over the summer, uh, Hitch is taking off. They have a new writer or a new artist coming in, maybe. I think he's leaving the book, actually. Oh, I, I, okay. I didn't know he was leaving. But I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think he is leaving the book after 12 issues. Mm-hmm. So, one of the books, I guess, nobody will be leaving. <laughs> is going to be the uh, Donny Cates 
Silver Surfer book. Uh, Donny Cates, Tradmore, the, the team that was doing Venom, he's taking the time off for Venom, Cullen Bunn is taking it over for a little bit, and he's doing kind of a follow-up to what we saw of Silver Surfer at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy number one. So, more or less in my mind, this is just a continuation of the story he's writing in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, you could say trad more or less. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Should be ashamed of yourself. I'm never, I never am, Joe, but go ahead. Uh, but no, it looks, uh, the, the preview art that we have of it looks really cool. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that Marvel is coming out. I know there's a lot of jokes that there's tons and tons of Spider-Man stuff coming out. As well, there should be because there is a new Spider-Man movie coming out this summer. So, you know, and Spider-Man is the best character. They can add as many extra issues onto the end of this current storyline. It's fine. And maybe even give it a better ending, hopefully. Uh, you know, better ending, longer ending. It's Spider-Man. He's a lot, he's got that, uh, leeway with me. And he should with the rest of you. Right. Now, oh, and that's the other thing. And just uh, as we're talking about that, as the uh, June solicitations are slowly but surely rolling out. Uh, now, we are not at the final issue of... Uh, <laughs> the first issue of War of Realms has not even come out yet. But issue six has been solicited. No extra issue. No better endings been teased. The window is there, Todd. We got three months for them to uh, foul this one up. I don't think it'll happen because all big event books come out on time. Yeah? Yes. Well, speaking of event books that don't come out on time, Todd, would you know that Doomsday Clock 10 is going to be late again? Again, like Doomsday Clockwork. Oh, boy. And we just talked about this last week where you're like, I feel confident that 10 will be out on time. There'll maybe be one more delay, which is this one, and then it'll be right on schedule. I said one or two more weeks and then it'll be there. That's So we got one more delay and then bam, that book's coming out, Joe. Mm-hmm. And I said it last week and I'll say it again. I know you have to give a date when you solicit a book that it comes out, but from its original solicit date, it's th it's currently three weeks late. One has to assume that 11 is going to be at least three weeks late at this point as well. I know you think that they just needed that extra time on 9 to get that done because of, I don't know, less uh, parts of Dr. Manhattan being visible, but the blue you were group. confident that there was no such concerns with 10, 11, and 12 and they'll be out in time for Santa to put that hardcover collection under Jimmy and Johnny and Sally's Christmas tree. It's going to happen. Todd, I don't think so. The You're more buying more delay, me. I'm sure as this episode goes into people's ears, there'll be yet another delay of the book. I highly doubt it, Joe. <laughs> I think the, the trolley's running on time. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> that doomsday trolley. Mm -hmm. Ding, ding. It certainly is a doomsday trolley taking us all somewhere. <laughs> I would ride the doomsday trolley. Down a primrose path, if you will. <laughs> now, uh, we don't do this very often on this show, of course. Uh, strictly, we stick to the actual physical books themselves. You know, the stuff that inspires all the TVs and the movies outside of talking about the actual TVs and movies at the end of the episodes, but you catch what I mean. Uh, but I would say, uh, over 
the weekend, some huge news came through, and that Disney has decided to reinstate James Gunn as the director of the next Guardians of the Galaxy film. That's right. Your boy Batista finally stopped talking about it. Well, so it all all the hype died down so they can bring him back. He went on Monday Night Raw last week and for five minutes yelled at Triple H, give me what I want. Triple H gave him a match at WrestleMania. Little did we know that what Batista really wanted was James going to be reinstated as the director of the movie. Even more little did we know that Triple H had that sort of power to make that happen. I love that you did that joke as an answer to me on Twitter. Yes. And then that's the one that I care for the most. And then you put it out there solo and that <laughs> blew up. But I'm like, that'll always be that'll always be our joke, Joe. Always <laughs> our joke. Let everybody think it's it's all of yours, but it's just mine and yours. The the team of writers that I have uh <laughs> that work on my tweets on a daily basis. <laughs> we workshopped that one and we sent it to you. And then they yelled at me because they said I shouldn't share that. That would That's not one just for Todd. That's one that needs to be shared with the world. See, you have a team of writers. All my jokes are homegrown by me and me alone. Yes. <laughs> you can tell quality is always a tip-top shape right here. But uh, all kidding aside, uh, I, I secretly deep down inside had a feeling that this would happen. I kind of thought the same thing, too. You know, um, in today's news cycle, where people forget about what happened on a Monday by Tuesday, and this has been several, several months since. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like he, you know, did truly, truly horrible things. And I'm going to give this credit to the summer you, my boy Scott. He said, he's like... And they probably couldn't find anybody who really wanted to take over for it because they were using uh, his script. So they used, the, you know, this new director uses his script. Everything that's great about that movie, James Gunn is going to get credit for. And everything that's bad about that movie, the director who took his script and made it was going to get put. There was no upside for any director who tried to make that movie other than James Gunn. Well, it's kind of six of one, half a dozen of the other with uh, what's-his-face was supposed to do Ant-Man. Uh, Edgar Wright was supposed to do Ant-Man. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't tell you who directed Ant-Man, but I could tell you that Edgar Wright was supposed to. And here, you ready for Todd Roker's hot take? Go ahead. I'm glad Edgar Wright didn't do that movie. Okay. I don't think Edgar Wright would have been... I think Edgar Wright would have been too tongue-in-cheek with that movie. I well, think he would have been... You tell too, some of his jokes are still in there. Right, but they work because they're, they're tamed down. I think he would have been too, like, either meta or too... I don't know, something. I do think I really like that first Ant-Man movie. Yeah, definitely. I know, you know, you're not bagging on it, but I just think Edgar Wright would have been wrong oh, boy. for the Ant-Man movie. I think he's great for other stuff, but yeah. I think he would have been wrong for the Ant-Man movie. Hot take, Joe. I think Baby Driver was an old Ant-Man script that they... Baby Driver's fantastic. I still haven't seen it yet. I heard it's good. It is. I hear it's one of those movies where the soundtrack is almost like a character in the movie, Todd. It is. It is, Joe. 
Um, but no, again, all joking aside and everything else. And I guess, uh, James Gunn is still going to be doing, uh, for at least the time being, Suicide Squad 2. Uh, we'll see on that, but, you, you, uh. You think that's not going to happen no more? I do think Suicide Squad 2 is going to happen, but. You just don't think don't James Gunn how, is going to be doing the thing? I don't know how locked in. I don't, I don't know. I would like, to, I would like to see him do Suicide Squad. But I don't know, you know, I don't know if the the inks dry on those contracts or or whatever. But if it is, it's that's one of the rumors that they said they push Guardians back just a little bit because looking for him may, you know, and then he's doing that other project. So it it could happen. But I would not would not be shocked if we found out that James Gunn left at any point Suicide Squad too. Right now, I was gonna say, you know, obviously. Deadline, Variety, all the industry rags said exactly what you just mentioned, that Marvel giving him, bringing him back is allowing the delays for Guardians 3 to begin while he starts and finishes uh, Suicide Squad 2. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah, If they because, do like a Zack Snyder to bring somebody else on to finish it, you know? Right, and then because you really want to have the right combination of people for any DC Cinematic Universe movie. You have to. You have to have the best people on these movies, Joe. Right. So, uh might have to lean lean a little bit more on you for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was announced over the weekend that the Flash movie, which we did talk about this, uh, I would say, within the last, like, six months, where we looked at the original plan for what the DC Cinematic Universe was going to look like. Right. And movies that got flipped around and changed and canceled that are not not happening anymore. And the one that I always point to is the day after the first episode of The Flash came out. That day they announced not only this, but they also said somebody else completely different. Uh, Ezra Miller is going to be playing The Flash in the movies. Right. Well, it seems as though they are still going ahead with a Flash movie. That is going to be co-written not only by the star Ezra Miller, but also by someone from the world of comics and entertainment. Right. Not unlike sports and entertainment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you follow Todd on social media, which you should, uh, you would see that the person that is currently helmed to assist Ezra Miller with doing the script for this Flash movie is none other, none other than Grant Morrison. Yeah, I'm going to walk away from the mic for 20 minutes, Todd. I'll be back. I'll see you later. <laughs> That's right. Um, the thing that they're saying in the in the in these articles is that uh, Ezra Miller wasn't happy with the tone of the movie or whatever, and he wanted to make a f- darker Flash movie. Now, I, I don't – this is not, you know, definite. I have no 100% like this is what he said, but Grant Morrison's on board, so they have the actor and Grant Morrison writing, writing this script. Grant Morrison did – write a little bit of Flash. If you remember when Mark Wade was doing his run and he needed a break, they brought Grant on for a year's worth of books. He seemed to do like the first four issues, but with uh, Mark Millar and then maybe like more Mark Millar uh, for the, for the rest of those issues. It was, it was good, but I'll say this reading those, those books. I do believe it was more Millar than Morrison. Um, but I'm not looking forward to a Grant Morrison written Flash movie and Ezra uh, Mill. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they want to do. They want a, a darker movie. A darker than what? Dark Knight uh, or Batman versus Superman? Uh, Dawn of Justice? 
I don't know. I just look at this, like I said in my tweet, that if old me time traveled back to young me and said, hey, Todd, there's going to be a Flash movie and you're probably not going to want to see it, I would tell old me, you're crazy, old man. Get out of here. Just just get out of here. And I'm like, no, you're going to be torn. You're going to be torn whether you're going to see it. That being said, as we talked about a million times on this show, with the fluctuation of DC cinematic, you, they announced so many movies. We have Shazam coming out. They're talking about Suicide Squad 2. They're talking about this. They're talking about that. It, it just seems that nothing is really definite as like Flash gets pushed back. So I'll see what happens. I could see like Batman, Affleck leaving. I could see Ezra getting mad and, and not liking what the, the studio wants. You know, the studio doesn't want a darker Flash movie. Of all the characters that to me shouldn't be dark in the DC universe, Flash is way up there with Superman. So we'll see. I don't, I don't know if any of this is going to happen, but if it does, boy, I don't know if I really want to see this movie or really not want to see this movie. Oh, I'm tired, Joe. So, uh, I don't think this will come to pass. Okay. Uh, I think this is a nice announcement to make. I have a feeling that creative differences will make this not happen. So when I, I saw this yeah. announced, I'm like, oh, this is a, this will be a fun thing we could talk about for the next six months until uh, it doesn't happen. Right. Your anti-DC Cinematic Universe bias comes out again. Uh, okay. It's not my anti-DC Universe bias. Because, listen, I know you um, are a much bigger Flash fan than I am, much longer Flash fan than I am. I, I have to think... At some point, someone at DC is going to figure out that we need to stop making dark movies. And I don't see what I've seen on the printed page from Grant Morrison translating it into anything that's filmable in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Maybe if he was doing a Doom Patrol movie, a Shade the Changing Man movie... Something a little bit more funky, a little bit more out there. I don't know. Maybe get someone to watch like the last four seasons of The Flash that have been on TV and <laughs> kind of make something a little bit similar to that. So it may not be uh, starring and having the same folks in it, but at least it feels the same way. Mm -hmm. You have an audience already there, and if you're going to stray from what that existing product is, I'm not even saying about the comic books, current, past, present, whatever, there's a TV show that's on that's pretty successful. Just kind of sort of make it like that. But Joe, all the best-selling graphic novels are grim and gritty. Are they? They are. When, they are when they star Batman. Or... Watchmen, or I don't know, right? Other stuff. And none That's... of those things have the Flash in them, right? I, I, I'm just, I'm just saying that's, that's. I think that's the way they think, you know, at the studios that dark sells. I, I don't, I don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, like you said, you have to go with, uh, with whatever the character is and work, work what's best with, best with them. I do think you can have a dark Flash storyline, but if ever, like, like we always say, if everything's a dark storyline, nothing's a dark storyline. 
that's you know you got to have your ups to have your downs right and i i want okay i would love remember many many moons ago when smallville was on and a smallville initially was only supposed to be like three or four seasons or whatever it was and it was supposed to lead right into whatever the superman movie was going to be Right, it seemed like it was going to be his years in high school. Yeah, so we were There's going to get like, three or four episodes, seasons of the TV show, and then it was going to be that people, those characters, those everything, just moving from the small screen to the big screen. But then the, mo- the the TV show ended up being too popular, so we're going to run it out a little bit longer. They decided to go a different direction with the movie. Okay, I get you. Why not just take Grant Gustin, the whole crew, scrap this stuff, tell Ezra Miller, make a... Who's uh, Johnny Quick? Is he the Earth 2 thing? He's, yes, he, yes, he's a JSA speedster. Let's put it that way. Right, but, like, who's the Earth 2, the crime syndicate people, right? Oh, that's uh, Johnny Quick. Right, so take that, take your script, do a, a, a control replace, all the mentions of The Flash and Barry Allen or Wally West or whatever it is, change it to Johnny Quick. Batman to Owlman, Superman to Ultraman, make yourself an Earth 2 crime syndicate movie with this script that you and Grant are working on, Grant Morrison, and then let all the people that are making the TV show, Grant Gustin, take the whole crew and just make the Flash movie as to that. Hey, didn't Grant Morrison have an original hardcover called Earth 2? There you go. Just make that the movie. And all joking aside, Joe, you do that movie, which I would go see. Right. A Grant Morrison. I actually, I think I remember enjoying Grant Morrison's Earth 2 hardcover. Mm-hmm. Um, do that story, then you have that team fight a Justice League that's made, you know, like the, the, that we like, and have the crime syndicate fight the Justice League. Like, you, you just a license to print money, Joe. Yeah. You know what? It's almost like we should be in charge of the movies or the comics or something. Well, didn't we see DC is hiring for some position? What was the position they were hiring for? I think it was like uh, like someone who's in charge of everything at the comics side of it. And listen, I don't want to be in charge of everything at the comics. Just let me be in charge of what books get put into the digital sales. I'm not asking for the world. And you know let me that's... cast and write and plot all your movies. Other than that... That's fine. You do that, and I'll handle... What characters get made into comics? Okay. And what happened? That's why I say we work cheap together. Well, listen, you, if it was up to all that, you know, share the load, you know? If it was up to you, Jonah Hex wouldn't be popping up in random Walmart books. He'd be like the top tier book selling in the, uh, the rebirth stuff. Do not get me started on the Walmart books. Well, I saw, I was going to mention in the show notes. Mm-hmm. That uh, random Jonah Hex appearance happened in like one of the Batman Walmart books or whatever it is, the one that's written by Bendis. And mm-hmm. I was waiting for that Hexecution uh, tweet to come out because even though Hexecution doesn't follow me, it's one of like three accounts that I have notifications <laughs> on for. It's, right. it's Hexecution and two people who are, well, that's really kind of like one person, but two accounts that are notorious <laughs> in deleting tweets. <laughs> so I, I have this big adventure for Walmart books uh, Friday. So basically Wait, what happened? Wait, you don't come out till Sunday. Why are you going out two days early, Todd? Okay. Well, let, <laughs> let me put it. It was a Friday slash Saturday adventure. Okay. So basically what had happened, what had happened is Friday came and um, we were Saturday was going to be a surprise party for our, our good buddy, an artist extraordinary, Tom Derenick. 
surprise 50th birthday because he didn't want to do anything for his birthday. So Friday we get or, or Thursday or Friday we get the text. You know what? You know what? I'm turning 50. Maybe I kind of do want to do something for my birthday. <laughs> How about Friday night we go out for Mexican? I'm like, all right, we're going out Saturday, but I can't not say we're going to. We're gonna go out. So I'm like, all right, for, this it flies in the face of our surprise plan we have for you tomorrow. Right. So I'm like, so me and the our 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 retailer, we decide yes, we can go. And then we're spinning the tail. Well, Scott can't go because he was delivering that day, and so and so can't go. Matt's out of town. Blah blah. We're going down the list of why everybody else can't go. Everyone right? seems to have an airtight alibi. Right. So we go out Friday night and then there was somebody else at the shop named Dan who was like, he came out with us. So, so before I go down the shop on Friday, I'm like, you know what? Well, I'm going to go get him a gift card at Walmart. Um, so I go up Walmart because like this was a spur of the moment thing. I, I didn't know I was going to get him something else for Saturday, but I'm like, oh, I got to have it for tonight. So I went up and while I'm there, I'm like, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to take a look at the at the Walmart books. So see if they're there. And I go over and I'm like, oh, they're here. Now usually I have an inside source for these Walmart books, but that is on a Sunday that they're supposed to come out. So I'm like, oh, they're here. And normally I don't have to buy the Wonder Woman one because Tom is drawing the Wonder Woman book. This this month Tom's not drawing the Wonder Woman book. So I go in, I'm like, oh, they have the Wonder Woman and the Flash, which I'm getting the Flash because, you know, I collect all things Flash. So I'm like, oh, let me grab those. Um, so I grab, I grab, I look, I got two, I got two flashes cause they're, some of them were banged up. I got the two best ones. I got the wonder woman book and I'm like, Oh, well, let me, let me look. And all right. So, and then I found out while I'm there that the Superman book with, uh, with Tom King has a Superman flash race in it. So I'm like, Oh, I got to buy this one. Cause I buy all the <laughs> Superman flash races, right? Wait, it gets better, Joe. It gets better. So I put, I'm, while I'm, while I'm doing that, I put the two flashes down and I put the Wonder Woman down on top of the, away from the books. I'm like, those are the ones that I'm going to pick out of. Um, I'm going to take the Wonder Woman and see which one's better on the flashes. So I grab this, find the Superman book that I want. I put it down. I'm like, all right. So now I grab two comics and the, and the, the Superman comic. I go buy them, throw them in the bag. I don't need, I'm in a hurry. I got to go throw them in, leave. As I'm driving down to the comic shop to meet Tom, I have the window open because it's a 60-degree day. Oh, no. No. Uh, the receipt blows out of my black T-shirt pocket and into the wind. Okay. I don't, I don't need that receipt. Who, who's returning comics? Right? <laughs> so, we, I go. I get down to the comic shop. We go We go out to eat. Um, Tom's like, well, I have to... At, have a great time at the Mexican restaurant. Everything's great. Uh, now we have to go up Walmart. Uh, Tom has to go to Walmart for something. I'm like, I'll go with you. I got time to kill. If I'd known that, if I didn't have to buy the gift, I would have went up later anyway. So we go, and we're there. And he's like, oh, well, you know what? I kind of want the Wonder Woman book for myself because I'm not getting comps, he says, for this book because I didn't do it. So I'll grab it. I'm like, hey, there's a Wonder Woman comic right here on top. That's right. I left them out when I was going through them. So there's your Wonder Woman comic. And, you know, I already bought three today, so I'm done buying comics. He goes, not even that Jonah Hex one there that's on the Batman this, this oh. issue? You, are you telling me I have to buy four Walmart comics at $4.99 a piece this month? <laughs> right? So, 
So I buy it and I'm like, all right, well, let me look through this. I'm like, all right. So he's here and it, it looks like maybe, just maybe he's in the issue before it, but they don't have any of the issue before it here at this Walmart. I'm like, I'm not, I am not going to buy this. I'm not going to go look for a Batman just for one page or one panel of Jonah Hex. I promise myself I won't do it. So we buy all these books. Buy, you know, and I buy an extra Batman. So we leave and I'm driving. Uh, Danny came with me because he was he's from out of town. He wasn't sure where we were going to eat. So I'm, I'm taking him back to his car and I'm like, man, I want to know if Jonah Hex in that that last issue in that last issue. But they don't have any more Dixon. Well, I'm taking you back to to Scranton. The Taylor Walmart's right there. No, nah, I'm not going to drive up. And he's like, you're sounding like you're going to drive up. <laughs> it's a, it sounds like you're going to drive up, Don. Yeah, what are the odds? I'm like, right now they're fifty fifty. He goes, Oh, I, I would I would take I would take the over on that, right? So I drop him off, I'm like, I'm going home, I'm going home, I'm going to Taylor, right? So I go to Taylor, they have the Batman issue from last month. It has Jonah Hex on the last page. I'm bu- another four ninety nine Walmart <laughs> book that I'm taking home. So now we have Flash, Wonder Woman, Superman Batman. Batman and another Batman. So that's five Wal- four ninety nine Walmart books. So I get home, I, I do I buy it, I go home, I'm like, all right, now I'm gonna bag and board them. Hey, wait a minute. I have two flashes and no Wonder Woman because when I was at the Walmart on Friday and I left that Wonder Woman comic out, that was the one I was supposed to buy, and I grabbed two flashes. So now I have to go now I get in my truck. On, oh, on Friday, left clock, and I'm going out looking for a Wonder Woman comic so they don't sell it because Jonah Hex is in that one. Oh, Jonah Hex is in the Wonder Woman as well. What'd you say? Jonah Hex is in the Wonder Woman as well. It's the Wonder Woman that Tom is getting. Jimmy Palmiami is Jimmy Palmiotti is writing, and through most of the story, Jonah Hex is in that book too. Oh, now see, I didn't know. See, that adds a whole new wrinkle to everything because I knew Jonah Hex is in the Batman. I didn't mm-hmm. know he was in the Wonder Woman. Right. So he's been on and off in the Wonder Woman. So I was like, well, I'm not just going to get a couple issues of this this story, but it makes it easier because Tom's getting the comics. He's like, don't pay $4.99 for everyone. He goes, if I'm drawing them, I get a bunch of them. You can have them. And that's how good he is. That's so. So I've been saving money. But now, so I go back to return the Flash, but I don't have the receipt because it blew out of my pocket. Can and you... Does it actually say on the receipt what one was scanned? Or is it like how it just says, like, new comic or something? Like, the, there's something on the receipt that says DC Comic. Doesn't say what name it is. But it'll have, like, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And then oh, the Wonder Woman one will have 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 11. Gotcha. So he's like... So he's like, well, you don't have the receipt. I said, I know, I bought the wrong comic. He's like, so I, I pulled out another receipt. I'm like, well, this worked. He's like, no, the numbers are wrong. And I'm wow. Like, so in the end, I bought six $4.99 comics, <laughs> and I only needed five of them. So I, I'm like, I can't believe. Joe, you know how we said these Walmart, you said, you said, you said these Walmart books are good for people. They're not good for my me or my wallet because I'm getting crushed. <laughs> show and on top of that if i was getting the swamp thing book which i wanted to that would have been another 4.99 book because that came out that day well todd you single-handedly are making these books a success i am that's why they're going all over the place 
Oh, I'm tired, Joe. See, this is why I'm glad that my local Walmart doesn't even stock the books. Because I'd be going through the same agenda that you're going through. Just, what is it? Okay, what what made them go? Let's have Jonah Hex's great-great-great-great-granddaughter, you know, a first appear in a Batman Walmart book. Well, and I don't know if you saw, Bendis said that was a mistake. He didn't realize that was going to be her first appearance. Well, yeah, and... Uh, winked, did he, he winked into Reddit when he said it. Didio said that, too. He's like, as the editor, I didn't know. I was like, oh, you're kidding You know, me. the writer and the editor were both like, we were bamboozled by this one. That's right. We thought Total Justice was going to come out first, or Young Justice was going to come out first. Sure. So so not only that, you have the her first appearance there. You have him in Batman. You have Jimmy Palmiotti on top of all things, writing Jonah Hex in the Wonder Woman books. Were they just like... And, and a Swamp Thing book and a Flash book. They just went, you know who these books, these Walmart books are for? Todd. <laughs> We're going to make Todd buy a whole bunch. So I'm, 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 I'm broke. <laughs> there's a, there's a David Tell joke about uh certain group that doesn't like another certain group. And I'm very treading very lightly here <laughs> in Alaska. And they go, all right, we got to get Eric. That's what DC did with these books. They're like, how could we get Todd to buy all of these books? Mm-hmm. I know. Remember that one time at Baltimore where this guy came up and said he really likes Jonah Hex? Let's put as much Jonah Hex into as many of these books as possible. Uh, I I don't know. So I'm glad you at least kind of enjoyed the story. John. You got work, Todd. I did. I worked myself into a shoot. Brother H.H. <laughs> It's been coming up a lot lately, but that's okay. I like it. <laughs> so, uh, conventions this weekend. There's a bunch. There's the uh, Ithaca, uh, or it's the Ithacon in Ithaca, New York. Uh, Tom Payer is going to be there, uh, who's the editor-in-chief of that Ahoy Comics that's going to be putting out that uh, that Mark Russell book. What's the, the name of the Mark Se- Russell book that got canceled? Second Coming. Second Coming. So he'll be there if you're going to be in Ithaca, New York. Go say hi to him and thank him for putting that book out when it comes out. Both uh, Walt and Louise Simonson are going to be there as well. Uh, There's the Lexington Comic and Toy Convention in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, Brian Azzarello, Mitch Gerards, David Finch on the uh, comic book folk side. Tom Kenny, voice of SpongeBob SquarePants. (laughs) Uh, Val Kilmer, star of the hit film Snowman. And uh, speaking <laughs> of snowmen from the world of sports and entertainment, uh, Kane is going to be there. Uh, I think he is the mayor of one of the surrounding counties. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Gold Dust, is going to be there. Stang is going to be there, a.k.a. Kabuki Crow. <laughs> and not uh, known for their wrestling work, but more so for their award-winning comedy show on the World Wrestling Entertainment Network, Edge and Christian are going to be there. Ooh, there you go. But the biggie this weekend, Todd. As mm-hmm. mentioned last week, Emerald City Comic Con, we're in the it, con season has officially begun. C2E2 is happening this weekend. Remember many moons ago where you claimed you were going to rope me into going to this, this disaster? Yes, but then you told me how I don't want to lose my super secret science job going to a Comic Con. I was like, okay, I'll take mercy upon you. Thank you. Uh, tons and tons of folks are going to be here. Uh, Balthazar and Franco, Barry Kitson, uh, Chris Claremont, Cullen Bunn, Ed McGinnis, George Perez, uh, Jason Aaron, Jill Thompson, Nick Spencer, 
the aforementioned uh, Rob Venditti, Scotty Young, Kyle Starks, the Rob is going to be there most importantly. <laughs> uh, on the media guest side, Todd, Lloyd Kaufman is going to be there. Paul Rudd is going to be there. Sensei Lawrence, uh, William Zabka himself is going to be there. Uh, Matt Smith is going to be there. Is that a person? Yes, it is. Uh, uh, David Tennant is going to be there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, world famous sports entertainer, manager to the stars, uh, Jim Clarinet, aka Jim Cornette is going to be there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's having a special after thing where it's called Have a Beef with Corny, which is like a Chicago beef sandwich and <laughs> a meet and greet and a whole thing. It's a separate ticket. Kind is of jealous spelled, of not going to that. Is it spelled M-E-A-T and greet? I don't know. It should be if it isn't. I haven't seen the actual link to it. Mm-hmm. But also there, Todd, at C2E2, is someone who's very famous for <laughs> their work on such TV shows and movies as Ultimate Beastmaster, Girl on the Third Floor, and something called Rabid, which is not the Marilyn Chambers movie from the 70s. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised under his list of credits they don't have Runer of the Last Page of Superior Foes of Spider-Man <laughs> and Talking Dead commentator. <laughs> you know the name. Is it Puck Phil? <laughs> Big hockey fan Phil is going to be there. That's right. <laughs> so if you're going to C2E2, go, uh, I'm sure he'll be there smiling by the end of day two. <laughs> Oh, ready He's a to... pleasant and delightful guy. Shaking hands and kissing babies. Mm, there you go. So all the links to those uh, conventions this weekend will be in the show notes, as will the link to the soon-to-be-named network, soon-to-be-named-network.com, soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com. Any of the shows in the network, of course, whenever they become available, uh, they will be there, or anytime any of us from these shows appear on other shows, they will be there as well. Uh, whether, of course, it be Longbox Heroes this show, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, which was off last week. They didn't uh, get approval for that, but I'll let them slide. <laughs> However, because Fresher and Parlance came back, they're on their bi-monthly schedule, which I'm very jealous of. Uh, Podvocacy and Wrestling on the Edge of Forever both uh, are going to be out this week. I'm putting the uh, Iggy on them both to make sure that show comes out. And, of course, At Odds with Wrestling. I'm giving them a plug in the main body of the show, not toward the end of the show like I usually do. Wow. This week on At Odds, we're going to be going over all of our prop bets for WrestleMania. We have a bunch of prop bets, like how many matches there's going to be, uh, how, how far past midnight is the show going to go, uh, things like that. We have a lot of, uh, good prop bets that were submitted by our listeners as well that Adam and I will be going over, uh, as part of this week's At Odds with Wrestling. Could I add a prop bet? Uh, we'll add it to the list. Sure. Um, the over-under on Charlotte's cartwheels. Ooh, I like that. Uh, that's, that's, that's a very specific one. So there you go. So I would assume it's the over-under is two, right? Yes, the over-under is two for Charlotte cartwheels. I don't know. It's just a way to make WrestleMania a little bit more fun. Ugh. And maybe lose some money. 
As long as you have the pizza with the onions, WrestleMania is okay. I will. WrestleMania starts at 5.30 this year. <sighs> and it will be ending well after midnight. Is that wrestling savings time or regular time? It's called Titan time, pal. <laughs> the imaginary time that Vince lives by. <laughs> Ten years after something popular happened. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, uh, digital sales and freebies, which will be over in the uh, links here as well. Some of the holdover sales from the last couple weeks. Uh, Dynamite is having a sale on their video game-related properties. Archie is having a sale on their entire line. Uh, DC is also having a sale on what they're considering the Road to Detective, Detective Comics number 1000. And they're also adding in their uh, 80 Greatest Batman Graphic Novels of All Time. <laughs> Uh, hmm. I'm sure you could double down if you would like on both Dark Knight Returns and Batman Year One with both of those sales if you really wanted to. Uh, Action Lab is having a sale on their first issues. Marvel is having a buy one, get one free sale, which is pretty cool because it's just a deal. You put a code and I think the code is like Marvel 19 and you could put like two books that come out today and you get one for free. If you're so inclined to do such a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, they're also having a sale on West Coast Avengers things, and they're also having what they're calling a Lonnie Nadler and Zach Thomas or Thompson recommendation sale. Now, I didn't know who those two gents were at first. Uh, they are the current writers of the Age of X-Man stuff that's going on over at Marvel, but they have some really good taste in their recommends. Uh, stuff like uh, the Chris Claremont... Uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, Demon Bear, New Mutant series. Uh, they have uh, Jason Aaron's Thor run. They have the Uncanny X-Force run that crosses over with Age of Apocalypse. Uh, they've got the Garth Ennis Punisher stuff. So, again, they got some good recommendations. And I think that's a pretty nifty idea for Marvel to do to kind of give... Uh, spotlight to some new creators coming onto a, high, a somewhat high-profile project by giving them an opportunity to pick some stuff in a sale like this. Mm -hmm. I think that's a nifty idea, and I wish uh, your Marvels, your DC, your Images, and so on and so forth would allow some of their newer creators to do something like that, do a creator-curated sale on books to kind of give you the feel for who uh, those creators are. The great curator. Mm -hmm. Just throwing out some ideas. Yep. These are the ideas that I could that I could be getting paid money for by DC, and I'm giving them away in the podcast. Well, they should just listen to this podcast, and right. then all their prayers would be answered. So let's get into what we read from this past week, Todd, and let's start with the book that we were both looking forward to the most after some cajoling, and that was <laughs> Assassination Number One. Uh, written by Kyle Starks, with art by Erica Henderson. Yes. Uh, basically, this is the story of a retired assassin who was the number one assassin in the world, and someone has been trying to kill him, and the people he has protecting him are pretty much, his security is inept. So he decides, well, who thinks, you know, who thinks better than... Uh, like an assassin than an assassin. So he gets the top 20 assassins in the world to come. Well, 
almost 20 to come and hear his proposal that he's like, Hey, you protect me and you know, I will pay you lots of money. And then you, any feelers that you put out that you can find out who this is and you know, I'll be safe and we can have it all taken care of. Things go sideways. Um, and we get to meet uh, a lot of the top, uh, assassins and everything the, the sad thing is I, I love kyle starks um but i took so much time on the first page learning the assassins <laughs> ranking worldwide all 20 of them and you didn't need to know all 20 by the end of the book that's all i'm gonna say spoiler alert oh boy um, careful but but i loved i loved this book there was a lot of interesting characters i think he does a fantastic job getting to know the main ones that you need to know. Uh, and there's a few uh, stands out, stand out like a, a Mr. Tarkington, I guess that's as far as I can go on his name. <laughs> um, but he's basically like the, he even says it in the book, like uh, a boy named Sue, his father gave him a name that made him tougher you know, he'd have to die kind of a thing. But I had a blast writing this. I thought it was uh, writing this, reading this. It was well-written. It was fun. It was exciting. It had that Kyle Starks, uh, you know, style that I've become accustomed to from reading Rock Candy Mountain. And uh, Erica Henderson's art is perfect for it. Um, I, I had a blast. Like I said, this is this was a great book. I'll be reading this from here on out. Right. I, I think he did a really good job as well, as you would mentioned, with the top 20 rankings that we get. Uh, where it's like, oh, this person's up and this person's down and this sort of thing. And as you had mentioned about Mr. Tarkington, of course, uh, on the list, a lot of these names felt very much like some of his other work that he's done, like Sex Castle, amongst other things, where a lot of his, those crazy grab-you names. And there was a lot of characters introduced into this book. And we got just enough information about these characters and the thing about it is, as many characters that were introduced, and as much information as we got about a lot of these characters, there were some that we still didn't get a ton of information on. Just as an example, fantastic name, David Bowie Knife. Yes. Um, and then there's the character Wistful Stan, who is so high in the rankings because he's essentially the Jack Kevorkian of assassins. Yes, he, he goes was to one of... Yes. He goes Sorry. to old folks' homes and kills people who are ready to pass on, and that just gives him such high-end numbers. And that's essentially <laughs> all the rankings is, is how many numbers you have. It's not how you did it or how skilled you are as a killer. Right. Uh, Wistful Stan is padding his stats. Yes. <laughs> but it was it's definitely a fun book. It's definitely a really cool introduction to all of this. And as Todd mentioned, I'm I'm here for the long haul. Uh, I've enjoyed Erica Henderson's stuff back when I was still reading Squirrel Girl, amongst other similar books. And uh, I really think her art is a great complement to the chaotic nature of this book, and I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. So the Good other time. book uh, that we both read from this past week was Wonder Twins number two, continuation, of course, from Wonder Twins number one, uh, written by the aforementioned Mark Russell, with art by... Stephen, Stephen Byrne. Byrne. not John's son, neither. Right. Uh, so we're getting a little bit more of the old Wonder Twins mythos in there, as uh, Zan buys a monkey from a magazine. Mm -hmm. But the main crux of this book, uh, to me, felt very much like 
an episode of the Venture Brothers. Now, I know that doesn't mean anything to you, not having watched the Venture Brothers, but uh, a majority, I would say that the A story of this was this, the story of the Scrambler. Right. Uh, who breaks out of jail, and he contacts Lex Luthor, who LexCorp runs the prison system, and puts the people in the prison system to work as telemarketers. <laughs> which, again, is a, is a great concept. Uh, contacts Lex to go join the Legion of Doom, or whatever we're calling it of this, and he says, well, we're all filled up, let's put you in, like, the Legion of Substitute Villains, or whatever it's called. Right. And that's when we're introduced to a bunch of, I would say, Mort villains, if you will. What? Uh, specifically, Druncula, which isn't yes. his name. Uh, but he is, uh, I guess, the one who we focus the most on in the League of Annoyance. Right. Though I am partial to Antphetamine. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that name would be up my alley. Right. But uh, yes, that's one of the things. What, I, I love this book. I love the fact that they take Zan and Jaina to see uh, uh, Beast Boy or Changeling, whatever they're calling him in this. He's always going to be Changeling to me. I know he's Beast Boy to you, I bet. Yeah, he's um, beasty. But he, they go... And they say, like, he's a young, he could show you the ropes, and he's literally doing a fruit pies ad, which cracked me up. And then how Zan and Jaina each see, like, this could be you someday. And they're like, how they each see it differently is fantastic. But the thing that I focused on, in a Joe Sposto-like laser focus, like, I couldn't figure it out, but it made me laugh every time. Wasn't sure if it was a joke or not. Why the Scrambler has a picture of a sunny side up egg on his chest. <laughs> that I'm like, if that's not the most Joe Sposto thing I have ever done, I don't know what it is. And every time it's funny to me, I love the scrambler, but I'm like, man, that's sunny side up. It's not scrambled eggs. I don't know. It just jumped out at me, Joe. I, I, I didn't get it at first either. And mm -hmm. then once I figured out that it was at least an egg, Right. I'm like, okay, I'm with you. I don't know why it's not a scrambled egg, but I, I'm sure we'll get an explanation at some point as to why uh, it's a sunny side up egg. Or maybe we'll never get a mention of it, which is, I think, a funnier joke. Right, but then don't you feel like this book ends on a severely dark turn? Uh, With Druncula. Oh, yes. Um, So it ends on a, uh, a severe turn... But I have a feeling that this may be the, at least, Druncula's not going to return next issue. I, I could right. see him be like the end of issue five reveal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. But it was, it was fun. Uh, I've, I'm really enjoying this book. And is it a delivery system for gags? Absolutely. Are they hilarious gags that I'm enjoying? Absolutely. I think we should try to get more people on this book. I swear to God. Read this book, people. We're trying. That's what this this that's the real reason for this podcast is is to get everyone reading the books that we read so that they never get canceled and never go away. That's a good idea. Except for the Walmart books. They are way too expensive <laughs> to keep going. Please stop reading those people. And stop putting Jonah Hex in them, DC. <sighs> and flash races. No more Jonah Hex in the Walmart books, please. Well, that's almost a sentence. <laughs> so, 
Uh, that's what we've read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxhero.com every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, we put up the pull post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out so that you're prepared and have enough money to purchase all the wares that come in. Uh, we haven't had a crazy... Uh, no, January was our crazy five Wednesday month, and I think we got another one coming up next week. But everything's been kind of spread out over the last uh, couple weeks for me. You know, I've been right mm -hmm. around the same uh, hovering mark. No too, too crazy weeks. I've been speculating some coming through, and they haven't. This is a bit padded week for me, but uh, mm -hmm. it's, I don't know. I've, I've cut back a little bit. So we attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh... I am uh, behind by one correct guess, and we'll see how things go here. Uh, looking at your list, Todd, I would say that the book that you were most looking forward to coming out this week would be Criminal Number 3. It is Criminal Number 3. Booyah. Is the book you are looking forward to most also Criminal Number 3? It is Criminal Number 3. Uh, again, Immortal Hulk number 15 is a close one, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but what bumped Criminal off last time? There was something else big that came out when Criminal 2 came out, I forget. Or was it something, or was it something big, or was it Criminal for you and something weird for me? Right. That I can't remember. I don't have my, I don't have my copious triplicate notes in front of me. I have them, just not in front of me. Right. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, Criminal. I enjoyed this. I, uh, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, they do good comic books. Especially with a comic book-themed criminal story. Yes. That's what's really hooking me on this one. And I want to know if some of these stories are real. That's all I'm going to say. Right, you know, we talked about that. We didn't get a chance to really talk about issue two, but we talked about in issue one that while these may not be true stories, they're definitely inspired by something that Brubaker did the research on. And now that they're, you know, this is taking place at a comic book convention, I wonder if he'll ever let us know who these are inspired by. Or if there's enough clues in there for us to figure out who this is supposed to be. I have an idea for the old crotchety guy, uh -huh. but uh, we'll have to see. It's not someone who's salty, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, everybody's salty. I wouldn't say that. So <laughs> maybe it's a uh, puck Phil. Oh boy, no comment there. I know too much. Uh, so uh, while you're over at LongboxHeroes.com, of course, be sure to check out all the past stuff that Todd and I have done, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, the 2017 Smash Sensation. Todd and Joe have issues. You could also visit our store where you could purchase shirts, stickers, and pins with our fancy logo on them. And hey, if you want some more fancy logo shirts, I hear some may be arriving in the mail to folks who had ordered them recently. <laughs> and you might be seeing pictures of them online all the way down to the bottom of the store page uh, is a place for now where you can purchase the shirts. The wheels are moving slowly to get more and more designs in a place that I will feel more comfortable about plugging by name. Oh, wow. Yes. You told me about it before we started recording. No, I know. Okay. No, I'm just uh, how, how happy you are. It's so... Yes. Uh, 
And if you want to hear the full burial of the other place, you can get, like, the last, like, three episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark for that. Uh, you could hear this week on After Dark, uh, the announcement of the next pro, uh, the next, uh, subject for Al's Gals, as well as, uh, my battles with, uh, local businesses and information about Seinfeld spinoffs and who, uh, who they worked out for the best. Yes. I'm doing this so I remember what to put in the notes for the episode of Longbox Heroes After Dark this week. I love when I could tell when you have no idea what it, what, what it was after a while that you lose all train of thought. The mind dump, as we call it. Yes. Uh, but a way that you can help us out more directly, of course, for the time being and forever, I would say, is the Amazon link across the top of the page. Does not cost you a cent extra. Uh, I can make up a lie and say by clicking through our link, you get an extra special discount. You don't, but we get an advertising fee for telling you to click that link and get all your Amazon purchases uh, through our website. Um, you know, I don't know, go to your family's house and just, like, change, like, their bookmarks from <laughs> whatever Amazon they use to our click-through, you know? Mm-hmm. Really spread the uh, Amazon opportunity around. <laughs> uh, but some of the notable purchases uh, through the uh, click-through this week, uh, someone purchased... Mapow flame Bluetooth headphones. Uh, somebody also purchased seasons two and three of Transformers Beast Wars on DVD. I actually showed my son uh, the for, uh, an episode like the opening credits of Beast Wars, and mm-hmm. he thought it was not real. Like he's like, no, that's not a real show. Ooh, yeah. I don't know if you like the animation was suspect at the time, but it really doesn't hold up today. And a lot of those cartoons from the 80s and 90s and so forth, it was like, all right, we got to make sure those credits look as good as possible because they're going to be in front of every episode from here until eternity. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's rough. Like I said, he thought it was not real. He thought it was like a joke, you know? Um, somebody also purchased a Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse icon t-shirt. And somebody also purchased the first uh, issue of the new IDW Transformer series, as well as the first volume collection of Batman Adventures, inspired by Batman the Animated Series. Wow. So a lot of comic-related uh, stuff through the click-through. I always like to, when we get a lot of comic stuff, I always like to make sure that we talk about the comic stuff through the Amazon click-through. Right, you want to hit the comic stuff especially. Yes, so, uh, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? Yes, we did. Uh, from Jesse DeYoung, the completist on Twitter. He had his book where it's, you know, it tell a sketchbook where it tells you what to draw and then you, you sketch in there. And this page was 20,000 leagues under the sea. And it was Batman and Superman underwater. And this is what Superman said. And there's a whole bunch of, of, uh, uh, Hall of Justice is behind them. He says, I told you not to let Aquaman pick the place for the Hall of Justice. Now, he has 20,000 of them. And then Batman's just like, I'm Batman. So 20,000 leagues under say, I thought that was a great joke, a fun little gag that he did. And also, while we were recording, we got, a, we got another one from, uh, Jeremy Dennis, uh, yakko.org on Twitter, uh, said that he was getting stuff to re- together for C2E2 and didn't realize that he had never posted this sketch that he got from, uh, let me see, Thomas Deere, and it's a Superman. Uh, and he's looking forward to adding Superman blank comic he's using as a sketchbook. Don't mind me. My, my brain just shut down as I'm doing this. But uh, lots of great stuff. And uh, I really d- 
dig that 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea joke. That's just so up my alley. Mm-hmm. So that's a blast. And I'm excited have- to see how Jesse's uh, project comes along in his book. And I'm glad that he's keeping us uh, current with that. And again, that's what Todd's Art Attack is all about. Whether it be stuff that you purchased at a convention, stuff that you had commissioned, pages of things, or you, know, you yourself are a burgeoning artist and want to share it with the world. Uh, by all means, we are the world. We are the children. Uh, we look to make the place, uh, what is it, the world a brighter place. So let's start retweeting your art. Ah, there you go. Mm-hmm. And I just figured out what Jeremy Dennis was talking about. He has this, one of those Superman blank comics where all the pages are blank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was confusing me. I was like, Superman, I forgot that they did those. That's That's what took me by surprise. Did the specific character ones where all the pages are blank, but I know that there's just like, it's blank. It's everything, like nothing printed on it at all. Right, but there is also DC did a Superman, a Batman, and a Wonder Woman where the it's a blank cover with the logo of Superman, Batman, or Wonder Woman, and then all the pages inside are blank too. Right, those are really cool. Yes, that's a great idea, man. That's something else Marvel should do. DC's on the ball with that one. Marvel should do it as well. Sometimes Marvel has the upper hand, sometimes DC has the upper hand. Yes. So I think that's everything for the main part of the show before we get into the discussion of The Flash, yes? Yes, I think that's everything. I can't think of anything else. Yes, a little bit of a disjointed show, but listen, it it all made sense according to the script that we both diligently worked on over the weekend. That's right. I was disjointed over the weekend, so that's why it is. Right. So, uh... We're going to be talking about the most recent episode of The Flash, not the one that aired here, but like last week's episode of The Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you didn't see it, don't want it spoiled, or you don't care, then we bid you do. Thanks for listening to episode 442 of Longbox Heroes, and then we'll give you a second or two to uh, step away, if you will. You know, I got tripped up before when we were talking about the Flash movie stuff with the Grant Morrison and the Grant Gustin stuff. Right. In that instance, you know, typically when it's a baby face, you just say their first name to put them over. Mm-hmm. And when it's a heel, you say their last name only. Richards. Uh, right, Richards, right. And when you would say Grant there, it's two Grants, one's a baby face and one's a heel, you know, so you just got to be careful make sure everyone knows who you're talking about when you say those Grants in regards to the Flash. <laughs> Proper names, pal. Pronouns, pal. Yeah, but this one is proper names, pal. Well, that's what that's what pronouns pal means. It's like use everyone's proper name and then say and then from there one two three. He got him. No wait, no he didn't. Right, but no. What I'm saying when you say Grant, no this Grant, no Grant Grant. Right. You got to use the pro. You got to use their Christian names. There you go. Their full Christian name. names, pal. So uh, Flash is continuing. To try to get Cicada to take the cure. To no longer be evil. Mm-hmm. The clock is ticking for poor Nora. <laughs> because she looks uh, in the cell with Eobard Thawne. And there's the picture. This is the last meeting of Cicada and the Flash. And we got to make sure that Cicada is taken care of. And I know my dad can do it. Because he's convinced so many other heels to turn over to the babyface side of things. Wouldn't you know who won the pony? It doesn't work out so well. 
Uh, yet another episode where Ralph is not in it because we can't have the entirety of Team Flash together. And I guess the B story is uh, Joe and Cecile going to question the nurse who's been helping out Cicada. Mm-hmm. And Cecile using her ability still to be a lie detector type person and Joe not trusting her. Hey, listen, man. Uh, again, pulling back the curtain of the TV show. I'm just happy Joe's up and walking around, man. That is. I <laughs> Every time way. I see him like move from one scene to another by his own power, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Bless Joe. <laughs> so what'd you think of the episode? I guess you were kind of, you know, given some bare bones about the episode, you know? Right. Um, basically, though, as you were saying, he, he, Flash can't originally, uh, get Cicada to take the cure, but then he ends up finding the right words and he agrees. Um, but I really wish it was a cure for bad acting that they gave him. Oh, <laughs> <But>. boy. <laughs> I tell you, man. And again, I, I want to make sure that I get his name right. And I hate doing this, man, but I have to. It's just that dude who plays Cicada is so bad. Chris Klein, when he try and he does the voice and his face, and he's just so unconvincing. Like, there's something to be said about being this strong, silent type. Yes, and the thing is, I understand in the in the course of the story that wherever he was working, his lungs are damaged, and the whole thing he got hit with the shard, so he has trouble breathing. So he's he's supposed to have like a raspy voice, but boy, no, no, it doesn't work. It's yeah, um, it's not good. No, it's bad. And so he decides to t- to take the cure because Flash does the one thing that I love that uh. Any superhero does. He takes the cowl off. Um, so he gets him to sign it. But then through a series of events, another cicada shows up. And this we find out uh, in the post credit scene or whatever you call it is or the teaser for next week that it's a older version of his daughter who's actually a metahuman who we uh, so the the doctor who was taking care of him and the girl was like, oh, I didn't tell you because I was afraid, you know, you're killing all metahumans. So. I didn't know. I liked the story overall, um, but like you said, it's just it gets dragged down with uh, the Kleinster. So, well, uh. we could only hope that with them, you know, giving him the cure, them getting him getting stopped in the middle of getting stitched back up, mm-hmm. and the daughter taking him, that means hopefully for the rest of the season he'll be in a coma. That's right, but maybe he'll be like Bender in a coma. Look at me, I'm cured. Do 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 he gets up. And then the other thing is when the other cicada shows up, the whole time they're like, "Oh, cicada, he's here. How did he get out?" And I'm like, "You can't tell from the body language and the shape that that's a woman." All right, we'll play along until we get the surprise reveal at the end that it's the daughter. I get you. Um, I didn't know right until the end, Joe. Oh my goodness, Todd. I was like. I was along with them. I was like, I hope he and I hope his dagger doesn't hurt them. Oh, I and was Todd, so. If you I believe that. I got six Walmart comics for you to buy, <laughs> and I only need five. Oh my goodness. Um, and yeah, I guess. Uh, and also, uh, Iris is okay with going. Like she's over her fear of Cicada that she had for an episode and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sherlock is still trying to figure out. He hasn't quite yet figured out the the code in uh uh Nora's book. So we still got a lot left uh to go in this season. I think we got like man like six episodes left. Yep, the old padded CW superhero season. Mm. 
And we're but we're not too far away from uh, Legends of Tomorrow returning. So that's right. Co- Legend of Tomorrow returns in two it, weeks, and I think Cloak and Dagger right around the same time. Right. I think uh, actually uh, we discussed it, and uh, Legends of Tomorrow comes back April first, which is going to be fantastic. I think. If it's an April Fool's Day gag that they have, they have amazing wigs. Yep, we talked about that. Yep, April 1st, so we're about two weeks away there. And then, we, you know, we enjoyed Cloak and Dagger. We'll fit that in again, unless something untoward right. happens, which could. True. And I think uh, Cloak and Dagger is April 4th, so it's right behind it. You're going to have a lot of TV stuff going on, Joe. I'm all right with that. I enjoy well legends. Hey, I if they if they tr- if they tripled the amount that legends was put out and it kept the same quality, I would watch legends three to four times a week. The same quality, huh? Yes. Well, you want that quality that they have from top to bottom. You want the Adam running around in his gauntlet all the time. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so uh, you know, Flash is okay. We're building up. Uh, to the fu- the finale of everything, and uh, yeah, I feel really bad ragging on Chris Klein for being a bad actor, but here we are. I, you know what, you know what I say? Like they say in uh in football, if you don't want me to celebrate, keep me out of the end zone. If you don't want to make me to make fun of your bad acting, don't act bad. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right, so I guess that's it, right? I think so. All right. So, thank you everyone for listening to episode 442 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening, and we'll see y'all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop! Boop!